You are listening to the In Perspective Weekly Podcast with Bob Branco and Peter O'Toole. Hi there. Welcome once again to In Perspective. I am Bob Branco. This is episode 294, dated Friday, January 27th, 2023. Before I continue, let me introduce my good friend and colleague, Peter Alchil. How are you, Peter? Hey, welcome. Thank you, Bob. From sort of sunny and warm Columbia, but not for long. It's supposed to get down to like 12 degrees Sunday night. So this is this is winter in Columbia. 12 degrees. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, you uh, never know. You never anyway, know. Anyway, let me allow time to give some thanks to people who make it possible for In Perspective to be aired and to be seen and to be available to the general public. We start out with Raymond Gay, our producer. Thank you for what you do to help to make In Perspective a quality program. I want to thank Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place Chatline for posting In Perspective on greeting door number 15. Thank you very much. And I also want to thank the media outlets for airing the show when they air it. We want to thank you folks very much for doing that for us. Finally, I want to thank our website designer, Jacqueline Sylvia from JS Web Solutions. She makes it possible for our programs to be archived. All you have to do to find the archives is go to www.brancoevents.com, arrow down until you get to In Perspective Podcasts, click on those, and you will see most of our archived shows from latest to earliest. Merci, Jackie. Back in November, there was an incident in Florida that I want to talk about today. Actually, the topic could be more general, and that is how the justice system and the blind collide. I'm taking another page out of Peter's book. <laughs> and it started, this idea began with a scoop that I got from one of our panel members, Mr. Mike Lance. I'll be introducing the panel momentarily. Mike told me a story about a gentleman in Florida from Lake City, Florida. His name is James Hodges, who got arrested. He's a blind man. And he got arrested because police thought that his cane was a gun. And my first reaction was, you can't tell the difference between a cane and a gun? I I just don't understand why you can't tell the difference. I'm not a cop, and I know the difference. Everybody pretty much knows the difference, especially if you've seen a cane. So let me first introduce the panel, and then Peter's going to read the article that I sent that I found online about the case. We have with us today to talk about this subject, Mike Lance, the person who gave me the scoop. Thank you. You're welcome, Mike. Rick Troiano, he's from Florida also. Mike and Rick are both from Florida. Rick, welcome. Um, Good evening. Um, From cloudy and rainy Boynton Beach, Florida. Oh, Oh, wow. And, And Michael's from Aventura, Florida, which is not far from you, Rick. Oh, okay. I know Aventura, sure. We also have Robert Sollers. Hey, Bob. How are you? Welcome back. Hey, I'm alive. And we also (laughs) have attorney John McCann with us to give his legal perspective on what happened, as well as some other aspects of the judicial system and the blind. Mr. McCann, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. All right. Glad I was able to make it. 
Well, we're glad you're here. We're glad that you can make it. I know you're a busy young man. So without further ado, let me turn the festivities over to Peter, who's going to read the article to us. Thank you, Bob. And this article comes from The Guardian. And the headline is, Florida police arrest legally blind man whose cane they mistook for a gun. Uh, as I mentioned, it's from The Guardian. Uh, and the article goes as follows. Two deputies faced suspension without pay after stopping James Hodges, 61, in Lake City last month. Uh, and the author was written by uh, Edward Helmore. And the article goes like this. Uh, and it's on uh, December 10th, so it's a, a, a while ago. James Goad and her supervisor, Randy Harrison, were also reprimanded. Harrison will be denied raises or promotions for two years, and both will be required to take remedial training about civil rights. According to her arrest report, Goda stopped James Hodges of Lake City, a town west of Jacksonville, in the early morning of 31 October, after, uh, sorry, 31 October, after she saw him enter a crosswalk as a traffic control device indicated not to do so. The morning was foggy and overcast, and, and drivers were using headlights, the report said. The report also said Hodges appeared to be carrying a silver chrome pistol with a right grip in his back right pocket. The implement was later confirmed as a navigation aid, but not before Hodges was arrested and charged with resisting an officer. During an encounter captured on uh, body camera footage, Hodge asked, uh, Boda asked Hodges what was in his pocket. Hodges explained. He also asked, what's the problem? Are you a, uh, are you a tyrant? Uh, Goad responded that she was actually and asked for his name and date of birth, which she refused to give. Do you want me to put you in handcuffs right now? The officer asked. In a video statement released on Tuesday by the Columbia County uh, Sheriff's Office, Sheriff Mark uh, Hunter said the two officers had been found to have made policy violations. Hunter said he did not believe the officers were guided by ill intent, but by rather frustration and failure to rely on their uh, training. That said, he said their conduct was unacceptable. As sheriff, I take full responsibility for this event and want to extend my sincere apologies to Mr. Hodges for this actions of my deputies, Hunter said. Hodges told WTLV of Jacksonville, an NBC affiliate, that support he has received from the public over the incident makes my chest swell up, not in a proud way, but in a very appreciative way. Thus ends the article. And I welcome any reaction from the panel who wants to give it. Who wants to start? Oh. I guess, Bob, my first reaction was um, the same as yours. Um, oh, my gosh. Can't they see a mobility cane? But um, then, I mean, as I read the article, he Mr. Hodges never identified his 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 mobility device as a mobility cane, so we still don't know exactly what it was. Uh, Rick, if I may <clears throat> comment just for a second, Mr. Sure. Hodges, Mr. Hodges did something 
that I've talked about many times with the blindness community. Because a lot of times we blind people encounter situations where people do things that we think they should know more about and sometimes sarcastic responses are given. I don't think Mr. Hodges is totally innocent in this situation. Yes, he no, should not he should not have been arrested, but I think Mr. Hodges should have handled this situation better. He should have said, Yes, ma'am, this is a navigable aid that blind people use. It's called a cane. You know, I, I think he should have said it that way. But no, he asked her if she was a tyrant. I don't think that's right. Yeah, I'd like to follow up on that. I think the comments that I'm about to make and that you essentially covered are fully analogous to what I am told has now become a standard and very necessary communication, family communication among black families, black parents and their black children, particularly teenage males. There is be cool. Do not mouth off. Do not be confrontational unless you're forced to it. Uh, maybe he meant it as sarcasm, but unless you're some beefy six foot six, 260 pound blind guy with enough sight to engage close in, it really behooves you not to say anything that's going to escalate the situation. So yeah, this gratuitous comment about are you a tyrant, you know, which then led to a request for, uh, yeah. name and, uh, you know, name and, uh, birth date. I don't know whether I would have given it since I'm a people pleaser. I might have. I wouldn't give a social number. Um, but we are forced to take somebody's word for it. First of all, did these people identify themselves as police officers? If they didn't, that's mistake number one. I mean, the first thing an officer should do is sometimes they may figure they don't have to do it because they're in a uniform. Excuse me. I don't see the uniform. The other right. stupid thing that this guy did was have the cane in his pocket. He was crossing against the light or against, you know. Yeah. And and I'm going to say something. You know, I'm not running for political office in ACB or any other organization anymore. <laughs> and I'm cranky in my old age. So I, it's not like I don't care what I say. Uh, I'm, I'm more willing to say what I feel. These partially sighted people need to get over themselves in terms of, you know, you have to own if you're going to carry a cane, then use the damn thing, even if you might not necessarily feel that you need to use it. I was always taught in mobility class the cane is for two purposes, to give you information about your environment to the extent that that is possible using a stick that you're waving around. And the other is to serve notice on the sighted public. That would be 99 and 80 percent of the world's population, by the way. Which makes the question is, say. Which begs the question, Attorney McCann, yeah, if, yeah. what was he doing with the cane in the first place if he wasn't using it? Yeah, but I think that's not as material. I mean, maybe he was going to use it in other circum. Maybe he was yeah. uh, going to be out uh, past sundown and he would use it after sundown. I mean, I know some people, some sighted people say, well, I don't need I don't need the cane in the daytime, but I need it but, at night. So, you know. Uh, I hear what you're saying. Why carry it if you're not going to use it? Um, first of all, whether he was using it or not, I don't know how the hell you could confuse a cane with a gun. I honestly don't. The much more egregious case for those of us with long memories or for those of us of a certain age who've been on Earth about 50 or 60 years may remember the very egregious case in L.A. 
where cops actually beat the hell out of some blind guy because they thought his cane was nunchucks. Mm-hmm. That happened in L.A. Yeah, right. They thought his right, cane was what? The... They thought his cane was a pair of nunchucks. I assume he had it folded and not extended. And they oh, thought it was nunchucks. So how that escalated, you know, did they just go up there and attack him or knock, you know, knock the cane out of his hand? I don't know the circumstances, <laughs> but it wasn't just an arrest. I mean, this guy got roughed up pretty substantially, um, too. Um, I'd like to make a comment, if I might. Go ahead, Mike. Number one, I have gone in, like, uh, I was at a restaurant m- months ago, and <laughs> I had my cane laying up on the table, and somebody said, are those your, your drumsticks? I said, no, that's my cane. But, okay, I, myself, I live in a place here where people can get, at least they used to get very nasty about the fact that, I was blind, for example, like walking downstairs by myself and I know exactly what I'm doing. And, you know, it, at times I'm trying to, to lay off the sarcasm, as they say. But I will admit, folks, it can be hard at times because people like, uh, this lady who worked at the front desk, who, by the way, is very nice now. She, uh, was mad because I was going downstairs. I said, look, if Michael Hinkson can do it, then I can do it. She says, I don't want to know who Michael Hinkson is or something like that. So I told her about how Michael Hinkson went down like 82 to 83 flights of stairs in the, uh, World Trade Center, uh, place, um, with his eye dog. But, you know, I'm not trying to be, what I'm trying to do is I'm, I'm trying to kind of lay off being sarcastic. It doesn't and help. Okay, Bob. Can I, I'm yeah, sorry, Rick, go Bob. ahead. It can doesn't I help, though, Mike. Go ahead, Rick. Okay. Michael Henson had a guide dog who guided him down those 80-something floors. This guy had a cane in his back pocket. And... um. <clears throat> Um, John McCain, you're absolutely right. He, he had no right to get smart with the officers. I mean, that was wrong. One thing that I, I tell blind people all the time is that every time you walk out that door, think of yourself as an educator. We're educating um, the public. They don't know. People don't know. Yeah. So that's my comment. Yeah, I mean, I, we I, may resist that. We And I get that we resist it. I'd just like to leave the house without feeling that I'm on display. But that's not reality, and it never will be. So It's not reality. You know, yeah. We have to accept reality for what it is. Well, and I don't think it's a matter that we prepare to be on display. We are doing the right thing when we use our game. Yeah, right, but we're on display because we're we're the aberration. You know, the aforementioned 99 and 80% of the world population that sees don't swing a a stick before them, you know. But, (laughs) hey, it is what it is. I'm being a little flippant, but, uh, you know, we're we're the ones who are the odd odd guys out, as it were. and. You know, if there's a legitimate reason for asking a question or for saying something to us, you know, 
I think the onus is on us at some person, at some level, certainly to deflect it if we can and to not get into an escalating situation unless you really think you can take care of yourself. But well, where, where we've all established that Hodges was a little bit sarcastic, which I explained that this is not how a blind person should react to something mm-hmm. that a sighted person asks, because like you said, John McCann, it is a learning experience and we should be educators. But yeah. here's the I, other side of the case is how in the heck does a police officer think that whatever Hodges had stashed in his back pocket was a gun? If he saw the thing, he knew it wasn't a gun, wouldn't he? Even if he didn't know what it really right. was. I um, guess I are it's not an open carry state because if it was, a guy could say, you know, so even if it is a gun, what do you care? It's open carry. But I guess that's off the table. Um, what, right, what I've said mean? enough. I'm going to stand that. No, better. no, uh, John, I appreciate your comments, but I want to say a couple of things. Uh, uh, just to, uh, add a little bit of, of, uh, what do they say? A, a potato to the stew or something. Um, of course we should be, uh, tolerant of people asking really stupid questions, you know, uh, every time we go out the door. But I think we all should acknowledge that can be really hard sometimes. You know, uh, you know, it's, it's a high standard to, to, to attain all the time. I mean, we, I, I know I've fallen short. Uh, the example that comes to mind for me, I was on an airplane. Uh, you know, with my guide dog, I had my feet under the seat and the flight attendant came to me and said, you need to put your black bag over the, uh, uh, over the, uh, in the, uh, overhead luggage bin. And I had no idea what she was talking about. I literally uh-huh. had, I, it never occurred to me. She, she, she confused a 80 pound black lab with, with this, with it, with a piece of luggage. <laughs> it, wow. it never, it never occurred to me. And finally, it, finally it took another customer to say, Hey, ma'am, that's a dog. And she was, of course, totally embarrassed. And I was, I just didn't, I, I couldn't, I, I guess I was just naive. How could anybody confuse a piece of luggage? Peter, for, can I guess, Peter, can I guess why it never occurred to you? Because you would think that everybody knows the difference between luggage and an animal. That's, that's right. We all, we all, <laughs> I think most people do. <laughs> um, I spoke about a month ago over at Aventura Police Department and they wanted to know, they were very, very nice. They asked me about, um, about how to deal with a blind person. I said, just for the police to just be themselves, just, um, you know, ask all the questions they want and, uh, just be yourself. I also talked about non 24 and I spoke about how to deal with, with, uh, blind people. And I, I, but my main thing was just be yourself when you meet a blind person. Thank you. Uh, Robert, we haven't heard from you yet. What do you have to add to the discussion right now? Hello, Robert. Robert, did we lose you? Earth to Robert. I think we lost Robert, but I, I would like to ask something or put something yes, out Ray. there as thought. Because yep. not that I'm defending anyone's actions in this uh situation so to speak but i i do say you know the police they deal with all kinds of people on an everyday basis so maybe you know i don't know why they would have confused a cane for a gun either but i mean just thinking that there are things that they have to handle that maybe they were thinking of now i could probably understand first you know like yeah i don't know i could probably understand if if the police thought that this thing in Hodges' back pocket 
was some sort of a billy club or a weapon that he was, well, I mean, a different kind of a weapon, but not a gun. There is another first glance. I'm not sure. There, there is another part to this. There's what I find interesting is what the article does not say. There's lots of things we don't know from the article. One of them is we don't know the race of Mr. Hodges, nor do we know the uh, race of the police officer. And um, the reason I say that is because um, there are, you know, I lived in New York City for many, many years, and there are plenty of examples of police mis- mistaking candy bars and keys. I'm not making this up. Candy bars and keys of in in, in young you know, young black black people's pockets as guns and shooting them. Oh um, man! But and, why and only in black people's pockets? Uh, that's the interesting question. Why? Now hmm. it's it's possible that. They, similar things happen in, in white people that, that, that we don't hear it. That's one possibility. I, one, I think one a more likely possibility is this is sort of a subtle or not so subtle case of racism. Uh, and, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot to be said about it. I don't want to, it's not really on topic, but if this person is both black and blind, it would, it would make it, Mr. Hodges was both black and blind. It would, would make it a little more understandable because police have a, unfortunately some police Officers, very, very few police officers, very often, uh, very rarely mistake things that aren't guns as guns and with, with terrible results. Um, yeah, but and, either, either you know it's a gun or you don't know it's a gun. That's first and foremost. But how can you confuse, again, same sure question. How, how, how do you confuse, white, Sorry, how can you confuse a, a candy bar for a gun, which is what Exactly. Happens. And, you know, I, I guess people are sort of hotwired to believe that Certain people are more violent than others and, and, you know, sort of make an assumption that's, that can get very deadly very fast. And especially right. if, if, if the, if the black person or the blind person gets mouthy because they're nervous and they're scared, maybe there isn't, there isn't, there are lots of reasons for people to get nervy, nervous, nervous and sarcastic. Sometimes it's out of frustration and sometimes it's just out of fright. You know, they're, 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 they're reacting on a fight, fight or flight, flight or fright or freeze. Flight or flight or freeze. God, I can't say that. Um, and there are lots of reasons for people to get scared. Uh, and go ahead. Oh, we had an unfortunate, we had an unfortunate situation a few years ago where a, a person was working with an autistic person trying to get him out of the street. He had his little toy with him. Some lady caught up to police. The police came by. And the police didn't know what it was. They they told everybody to lie down. They were going to shoot the autistic person, but instead they shot the um, the the caretaker in the leg or something like that. It turned out that the autistic person had a had a um, had a little um, a toy little toy with him. They thought it was a gun. Yeah, was it a toy gun? That he had like, no, a, like one of those. It wasn't, it wasn't a gun. It was a toy. Oh, it was a little car. It was a oh, toy car. car. It, wasn't even, it wasn't a gun. Yeah. It no, was, it wasn't a gun. And, right, and it wasn't. I, I, I feel compelled to say, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of police officers don't do this kind of stuff, right? Most of them are hardworking, do good work. Of course they but are. What, they are. But when this stuff happens, it's just awful. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mister Mr. Hodges was lucky. If he was black or if he was white for that matter, he was lucky. They just got arrested and sort of, you know, after doing what happened, it could have been a whole lot worse for him. 
You know, that's the thing that's scary to me reading this article. Well, we were hoping to get Hodges on the program today, but because of some legal issues. Oh, I'm sure his attorney said, don't go near it. You know, don't try it in the press. Don't try it on podcasts. No, he well, I managed. It, I'm not going to mention the name of the attorney on the program, but I know who he is. And his secretary assured me that she would ask him to get permission from Hodges to, for him to be on the podcast, but I never got an answer. That's wow. surprising because I figured the attorney would be taking the position that just on principle we're not, you know, if there's a, no. if, if, if further legal action is contemplated, I, I mean, there was an apology. The people have been disciplined. He was arrested. He was not roughed up. You know, maybe the inclination is to let it go at that. Um, but if, if further legal redress is sought by Mr. Hodges, then he would probably, his attorney would advise him to just stand down and not say anything. What the article also doesn't explain is how long Hodges was punished for. Was it an overnight stay? I don't know. Exactly. We don't know whether he was arrested, released on his own recognizance. I mean, if he's arrested, he would have had, I wonder what the charge, we don't, we aren't even told what the charge was. Exactly. Well, we know, resisting arrest is what they said. How it's resisting oh. arrest is beyond me, but, but, uh, um, well, I mean, I guess being sarcastic is resisting arrest. I, I, you know, I don't. Resisting based on his mouthy, based on his mouthiness. That's a little bit of a stretch. I, that, to me, it seems that way to me too, but it, it does say in the article is resist. It was, he was arrested for resisting arrest. That he was, was in start. jail for about 26 huh. hours. 26 hours. Okay. Yeah. That's not insignificant, but it is not. And it may be that it may be that Mr. Hodges wants to sue the, the, the if, if he was in jail for 26 hours, he may want to sue. He might. And yeah, he, he might. If, yeah, if, that if, could be. And, and if that's and that the case, could be a reason why he doesn't want to come on too. That's that's right. It's not going to help his case because uh, it's a pending sued. case. If, yeah. if that's happening. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, Robert, are you back? I guess not. That's fine. Yeah. Apparently not. It's too bad. Robert would have something to say about this, I'm sure. So, um, so I, I guess the question sort of becomes, you know, this of course is an extreme case, right? You know, uh, most of us are going to walk down the street and have our, our cane confused as a gun. Yeah. That's probably not going to happen to us, but I'm sort of curious about, uh, have we had experiences with law enforcement and how they work and what, what should we think about when we're having those conversations with law enforcement officers? Yeah. Would anybody like to respond to that? I agree with you. I think. I think that needs. Go ahead, Mike. I think. I think the police need to know how to work with us, and we need to know how to work with the police. It's kind of a two-way street. I think. Rick, Rick, I think you wanted to say something too. Yes, I did. Um, what I wanted to say was, I think we have to go back to the question, why were, why was he carrying his cane in his back pocket? And regarding the time of day, I mean, it sounded, it sounded like dawn. You know, with the car lights of being on and everything, although maybe it was a rainy morning. Uh, I, I don't know, but you know, my thing is it's, it's, it's early in the morning. Why would you not want your cage displayed out there? 
so people can identify who you are and and what your purpose is. I'd like to know how much sight Mr. Hodges had, too. That's a good question. Is he a high partial? Well, see, this goes directly to my earlier comment about, you know, if you were especially, quote unquote, looking the part or owning, if, if you want to be given some margin or given some, uh, some, I don't want to say accommodations, but mm-hmm. if you want to be recognized as a blind person and have people at least react from that standpoint, maybe by identifying themselves more clearly. Mm-hmm. You need to have the indicia out there. You, know, you need to have the cane out there. I, it's, right. it's a little, it's not hard. It's hard for me to relate to this on one level because my eyes are disfigured to the point where I wear sunglasses and I always have the cane. It could be high fricking noon in the Arizona right. desert. I'm going to have my cane right. out. Okay. Right. And if somebody challenged me that way or in a point where I felt threatened or they, they said they were a cop, the first thing I would do is very slowly reach up to my face and remove the sunglasses. If they could look at my eyes and be and have confusion about the fact of my being blind, then they are severely intellectually disabled and have no right. business. See, on the see, floor. in my case, there would be a problem because my eyes are open. My blindness has to do with optic atrophy, so my eyes are open. So if that happens, so they look me, normal. They look normal, so that wouldn't yep. prove anything. I, I, I get it. Case. I get it. Mm. So, and that's a more challenging, and that's a more challenging yeah. circumstance. But I think if the person interacts with you, no matter how normal they look, I dare say that you're not tracking, looking them in the eye, doing other quote unquote sighty behaviors that are expected from somebody who has functioning vision, even if their eyes look normal. You see and, what and I'm my saying? Guess, my guess is, Bob, you're using the cane as it's supposed to be used, right? So people, even though they may not be able to see you're blind, they have a cue that you're, yeah. you know, you, you're, yes, you're, you're but I was stuff. No, I know what you're I saying. Was, I was referring to the sunglasses that Mr. McCann yeah. mentioned. No, yeah, I, I, right. I, I get your point. I get your point. Yeah. So I, 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 I there was a moment that I, whenever this, these kinds of stories come up, it reminds me of an experience I had when I was living in New York with a police officer. Uh, he came, they were investigating a case and I was living in a, in a, in my apartment in New York. And I remember I was, I was, I was running. I was, I was exercising with the medicine ball and the cops knocked on the door. I opened it up. I was really sweaty. I said, you know, how can I help you? Of course, I actually I didn't open the door. So they, I, I didn't open the door until they identified themselves as police. And they came in and they said, hi, you know, we're trying to you know, learn something about this case. And I knew nothing about the case. And we had a very pleasant conversation. And then the, the cop sort of stops and says, are you OK? And I said, what do you mean? Am I OK? And the problem was I had no lights on in my apartment. Oh and, man. And, and, you know, the, the, guy, the, the guy didn't make the connection that I was totally blind. There's no reason why they, I guess, you know, here I am sort of sweaty with the medicine ball in my hand. You know, they, they, they didn't sort of, you know, equate medicine balls with blind people exercising, you know, that didn't make that connection. And right. that, that's sort of what might have happened here. You know, it's, it's sort of an unusual circumstance. The police officer in this case is programmed. Uh, you know, to, 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 uh, scope danger and sees this sort of unusual thing in the guy's pocket. I'm, I'm not excusing the behavior. I'm just trying to make sense of it. And hmm. somehow in, 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 in her reptilian brain, she says, ah, gun. It's a, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's not, it, this is before thought enters the picture. It's a reptilian concept, you know. Oh, uh, this guy is, 
you know, it's a guy, he has this weird thing in his pocket. I need to get, I need to be, on, I need to be on alert. Right. And, you know, and, and, and then, so then what happens? The guy says, what's the, the officer says, what's in your pocket? And the guy now, now the, the, the guy is now nervous and he says, what do you mean? Uh, you know, uh, are you a tyrant? Which is totally inappropriate. But if the guy is scared, it seems plausible that that's what happened. And then the officer gets more nervous and says, yeah, I am. Give me your identification. And it goes downhill from there. Uh, that's, if you ask me, that's what happened. I mean, you know, in my situation, the office, it, it wasn't a problem because, you know, I was clearly not, I wasn't going to throw the medicine ball at them or something. I was, you know, I was, I was no, I was in no risk to them, but for them having this sort of weird circumstance, a guy exercising with the medicine ball with the lights off was really weird for them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. What I'm saying? Does that make sense? What I'm saying to you? And, and so they're like, wait a minute, something isn't right about it. And, you know, we, we sort of talked about it we, and, you know, they were fine and, but it was a very weird circumstance for me. It was sure. just very, very strange. Sure. At this time, I think we will invite participants to come on the program to ask questions of our panel. We have with us Rick Troiano, Michael Lance, and attorney John McCann with us talking about the justice system versus blind people. And by the way, let me give a shout out. I should have done this at the beginning of the show to one of our faithful listeners, Ms. Lillian Johnson. Hello to you. Okay, Ray, do we have any hands raised? We do, uh, and I'm going to apologize right up uh, in advance. The first person on our list, um, Veterandoc, I apologize if I've messed up your name in any way, shape, or form, but you are up first. Okay, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Yes, we can. Okay. And who are you and where are you from, first of all? Well, I'm... Uh, Doc U. Daly, and I'm in Concord, California. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Now, one of the things that I'm surprised that nobody had any awareness of is that in the gang situation, anything tubular can and has been made into a gun. You know, too often you're thinking of guns as something that's easy, recognizable, and anybody ought to be able to recognize a gun as a gun. But a tube, especially a twenty-two caliber, has been made into a weapon in the gangland. I think they call them zip guns. And wow. you know, that could have been a, a, a situation. And the a question was raised, how should we react to a peace officer? And I think in order to reduce, quote, nervousness, and I don't think that's the total case. I think most officers are under control. They're They're certainly on alert because they are targets in many cases. Uh, the best thing to do is to respond to them. If they ask for your name and identification, they can do field identifications. And I think it's best to go along. And in this situation, there may be culpability on both sides. No question about that. However, it, it seems to me that, uh, the gentleman that was arrested could have avoided the whole thing by being cooperative and 
supplying the information that was asked for. But I think the situation on the gun is one thing that uh, takes an awareness that was not uh, or apparently is not um, an awareness that the, the panel members have. I was not aware of that, and I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and I think you're right. I mean, ultimately, our you know, in a, we we're supposed to cooperate with police officers. I mean, that's what that's what we're supposed to do. Um, and I also agree with you when you say most officers are in control. They are. Most officers are in control most of the time. It's the weird moments, you know, that make that put everybody a little more on edge that we need to think about. And yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, a kind of a difficult situation, especially in today's society. You can certainly understand why an officer, if he suspected that might have been a zip gun, was on high alert. And then for somebody to mouth off to him would make him highly suspicious. And and certainly, um, you know, you might think that that uh, response was a correct response under the circumstances because that mouthy response might be a typical gang response right a guy a member of a gang so that's a possibility it's a possibility so all the mr hodges was doing under that sort of analysis of the case is increasing the officer's suspicious of suspicions of him that maybe he is indeed a gang member as sort of ridiculous as that might sound to us civilians and did they not have probable cause? Was he not walking against the light? He was. Uh, what that would have to do with probable cause, it, it, it does indicate a strange behavior. It's consistent with the fact that the guy's a blind guy and should and should be having the cane out. So his sight yeah, is yeah. in this light. Yep. Oh, boy, I'm going to say more than but I want to here. But like a lot yeah. of partially sighted people, I think he probably regards himself as having more vision than he actually has. I wonder whether he knew. That he was crossing against the light or against, you know, that the the, the timer had had already flashed the don't walk sign, whatever the but circumstance if they thought, was. If they thought that could have been a zip gun, they would not think that that was a blind guy walking against the light. Right, because hmm. I'm wondering if the police had any indication that he was blind anyway. Yeah, what, what I what, think about what, it. What, well, he didn't have the cane out. We don't have the cane out. Yeah, apparently not, because he didn't have the cane out. We have about so six or seven know? people to get to. I just want to let you guys know. Oh, thank you, Ray. Thank you, Ray. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, thank no, no, you, Ray. No, I, I actually really appreciate your comment. It was inc- incredibly valuable. So thank you for, 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 for commenting. Ray, who's next? Pam, you're up next. Pam, welcome. Yes, thank you. Um, and I, too, was going to comment up, um, on that little-known mention about the guy was walking against the traffic light, as I understood in the article. Yes. And you know what? I don't think if I were to do something stupid like that and a police officer were walking by, even if I had my cane out, uh, that officer would probably give me a lecture. Like, do you realize you're putting yourself and other people in danger doing that? And so not only was this guy going against the light, but then he wasn't, he didn't have his cane out when he apparently should have. And he spouted off his mouth at the police officer. I probably would have done the same thing. I would have arrested him. 
just for his behavior. I I agree with you, except for the fact that uh, I don't know about anywhere else, but we we have a white cane law, and the white cane law says that a blind person, I wouldn't do it necessarily, but a blind person can cross anywhere along a street. It doesn't have to be at the crosswalk. Yeah, but he uh-huh. better be displaying indicia of blindness, like the yeah, white teeth. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know? No, I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying that. He better be displaying his white cane. But, you know, um, the fact that he was walking um, uh, against uh, against um, the light, to me, is irrelevant. Uh, we have a white cane law in Massachusetts, too. I think but, every but, state mm-hmm. has one. At least I hope so. We we, we mm-hmm. have a white cane law down here, but not many officers know about it, believe it or not. I thought that was yeah. part of the officer's training. It it should be, in fact, mm-hmm. even it should in, be. Even the you know, they've removed that whole white cane stuff from a lot of uh, 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 drivers' aid yeah. forces. Oh, oh really? The yeah. Police department. Well, that's the not Abbott a way to enforce it. Department. Yes. Didn't know anything about it when I spoke to them. Thank you. Hey, I remember my brother when he took driver's ed said, "Hey, you're in here." He said this, you know, he read the section from the driver's ed manual about the white cane. That's the best way to enforce it is to have uh, these uh, driver's eds and these police apply it when necessary. Yep. Yep. Well, and and why cane why cane law or not, we still are responsible for like doing our best to like. Observe like the, the traffic patterns and so on and so forth. And I'll be the first to say of that course. I that, oh, that I regularly course. I regularly sometimes ignore those things, but but uh, that's that's my problem. You know, if I get you know whatever. Anyway, that's a, that's a long story. Uh, uh, Pam, thank you very Thanks, much. Pam. Thank you, Deanna. You are next. Deanna, you're up next. Huh. Okay. One of the things I was thinking about is that it, we do have an obligation as law-abiding citizens to conduct ourselves um, as as well as we can. But there might be circumstances where we might, our behavior might not come up to what is considered normal. Like um, some of the children who were born blind and not taught any better, you know, move oddly. Mm-hmm. Um they, their gait may be impaired. Their balance may be impaired. They mm-hmm. may rock on their feet. And as someone who doesn't recognize those as blindisms might think the person were inebriated, might think the person was um, right. under the influence of drugs. I had a young friend who was low vision, and she was also <laughs> cerebral palsy. So she had some odd movements, and there were times when the fatigue of walking long distances would get to her, and she would just lose strength, and she'd have to sit down on the pavement. And this happened one day when she was downtown, and a policeman came over to her and accused her of being under the influence of drugs or alcohol, and she was very upset. And I said, well, sweetheart, you've got to do something if you know that 
you're going to go out and walk a long distance, then carry a support cane in your right hand. Then people will understand that if you sway or move oddly, that you have a balance issue. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you can't just assume that everyone is going to understand your disability if they haven't experienced it. And I've thought a lot about that since having um, intermittent vertigo. Because when it hits me, I could be mistaken for being (laughs) not quite all there. (laughs) My sense of direction can be affected because I'm concentrating so hard on standing upright and walking that I may veer out into the intersection, especially if I'm just using my cane and, and not using a guide dog at the time, you know, things like that. We have to be aware of this stuff and honestly always be prepared to answer questions in a courteous manner mm-hmm. um, and do the things that we need to do to protect ourselves. My husband and I... um live alone, just the two of us. He's in a wheelchair. I have a guide dog. He has a companion dog that's a 115-pound German Shepherd. He's almost 13. He's arthritic and, you know, has back issues. But he's big, and he's very intimidating when he comes bouncing to the door the best he can and is barking at somebody whom he doesn't recognize. He looks very intimidating. So I registered us with the um, first responders. Um, you know, our town has a list to let them know that we have two dogs in the house. If I need to call 911 because my husband has fallen from his wheelchair and I can't get him up, I don't want our poor old 13-year-old rescued companion dog to be shot or injured. I don't want us to be mm-hmm. frightened. Um, yes, mm-hmm. if I can, I will get him put away in another room, but he will still make a big racket. Mm-hmm. Good because, pre-planning. Yeah. So you have to think ahead for this stuff and not allow yourself to get into stupid situations in the first place. Yeah. If you could possibly have any control over it. Yeah. Thank you, Deanna. I, I, my reaction is, of course, you're right. But sometimes this stuff is unforeseeable. I mean, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I, I but you're, but you're right. You know, we, we need to be aware that this stuff can happen and, and prepare. I mean, I never, I personally would have never thought that a police officer would be concerned because I was, you know, exercising with a medicine ball in the dark and thought it was a bit weird. You know, that never, that never would occur to me. It never made, I didn't make the connection until the guy left. In fact, what was that about? And then I finally realized, oh, I'm in the dark. I have a medicine ball. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, Were you going to hit him uh, with it? That's yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it, 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 this stuff is just you know sometimes it's unpredictable. Uh, but your point is really well taken. Thank, thank you, Deanna. Thank you very much. Right. Real, qu- wow. real quick, I'm sorry, Deanna. Oh, um, did you leave yet, Deanna? Yeah. Deanna, are you okay. there? Yes, I'm here. She's still there. Yes. Um, Deanna, can I ask you, um, regarding your friend? Um, before the officer really confronted her, did he ask her if she was okay, if she needed any help? Um, no, he just came up to her and said, um, are you on drugs? Oh, man. <laughs> and See, she was shocked that, because she's a very yeah. nice young lady, but, um, 
but she was in a public place. She was at the bus at the bus stop and there was no bench and she got really tired waiting for the bus. Right. right. And so she sat down because it was either that or fall. Yeah. Like you said, a support cane, I've discovered since I've had two back surgeries now, I've come upon this device. It actually is a two prong cane and you Mm -hmm. pull it out and it becomes a seat. It's like a, basically a piece of strong, uh, fabric. Uh, the thing, transposes into an X and the top part of the X is, is uh, you know, got cloth over it and it's very good to sit down on. So something like that, that would have provided context. Right. I really did try to counsel her on um, presentation because and, and correctly. So, yeah. you know, that's yeah, yeah. really what would have saved her the embarrassment of being accused of something she would never think to do. You're exactly mm-hmm. right. Uh, again, thank, uh, thank you, Deanna. Ray, Who do we guys, have next? guys, okay. if you'll excuse me, uh, I, we have a lot I of people to kind of need to so. head out. Um, okay, uh, John, thank you so much for being here as long as you were. We appreciate John, you. John, thank you for providing us with your here. wealth of knowledge. We maybe we'll really appreciate thanks, it. Thank you so much for the invite. I'm uh, well, glad I was able to Our pleasure indeed, yes. We'll bring thank you on the show to talk about it. I apologize for the early All right, who's next? John, you are up next. Hi, guys. Don. How's everybody doing? We're doing well. Okay. I don't have a question per se, but I do have a couple of things. Um, I hurt my back almost eight years ago, and it was a year and a half before I could actually walk unassisted thanks to all the therapy I needed to have. And in the years since my injury, because of my balance not being what it ought to be, I've been asked more times if I was drinking than I ever was asked that question back when I was drinking, <laughs> which was when I was when I was a college boy. Now I only and these weren't necessarily people who knew you before. <laughs> oh heavens, no! <laughs> <laughs> the, the people who asked me then in 2017 or 18 might not have been alive when I was a college boy. Mm-hmm. So, but mm-hmm. back then, the only time I fell into the hands of the law, I had a seeing eye dog. And like a fool, I went out drinking and, and I thought the dog and I could manage to get back to our dorm. Well, that didn't happen. And the, the, the thing that I did, um, I, I never used to get like nasty and belligerent when I drank. I would, my, my old, one of my best friends drank with me a few times and he said I would become even nicer than usual when I was drinking. And so, so that's what the cops found when, you know, when they, they picked me up for public drunkenness. And so instead of being arrested, what they went and did, they called seeing eye. And the next day I got the daddy of all lectures from seeing eye. They didn't even wait until the hangover lifted. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, thank, right. thank, yeah, thank you, Don. Thanks, Don. That's a great story. We have uh, Chris up next, and then Musi. And unfortunately, that's all we're gonna have time for today. I think. Chris, uh, we welcome. Chris, a little bit of time left. Chris, Chris. are you there? I. I hear you. I am. I hey, am. All right. Yeah, here I am. I have a quick summary, really quickly, on this. Okay, 
you got three things going on here. You've got the police officers who are on adrenaline. That's what they're doing. That's what they what keeps them going. You've got on the second thing, you have the lack of knowledge about blindness that they don't, the police officers don't seem to have the training. And, um, and the third thing is that, um, if he, if Michael Hodges had a cane in the back pocket, yes, as you say, it would have looked to them like a gun just because of the other two the other two things, you know, yeah. that, that they're, they're looking for guns. They're looking for police stuff. They're focused on that. So that's, you know, and blind people never seem to know exactly. We can't seem to tell what, what the police officer is really focused on. We have to try to relax and be calm too. And that can be really hard sometimes. It is. Oh, wow. That can be really hard sometimes because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm guessing that part of what Mr. Hodges went through is he's like being challenged by his police officer. He gets nervous and exacerbates the problem, and the situation gets out of hand. That's what I think happened. Oh, well, yeah. He should not have gotten sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if somebody's scared, you never know what they're going to do. Thank no. you, Chris. Thank, thank, mm-hmm. thank you. Musa, I think, is next. Musi, that's me. Hello. Hello. How are you? Lake Erie, Pennsylvania, and I I just discovered you guys. I like you. Thank Um, you. (laughs) Now, I want to say that you have to add, it's fight, freeze. um, (laughs) What is it? Fight, freeze? (laughs) Fight, flight, or freeze is what it is. But they've I wanted to tell you they've added fold, like you faint, which which is what I would do. I would faint. Four Fs. The four Fs. Uh, Yes, that's right. Okay. Thank you, Musi. Yeah, I, I never did say it right. Uh, thank you for that. But you're okay. right. And, and if we remember, if we can remember that, it, 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 it sort of makes a little more sense, or at least might make a little more sense. You know, right. anyway, uh, uh, how, how are we doing for time, Ray? We've talked about uh, a couple minutes left. Okay, phone right. number ending in 517. You are up next. Uh, this is Mary Beth. Um, Mary Beth. You're our last New caller, York. Mary Beth. What's, what's uh, okay, going on? Okay, two quick things. In the interest of full disclosure, I just want to tell you that I spent many happy years working for correctional services. Um, and I think the bottom line that we have to realize is, you know, is we have a hard enough time as blind people getting fair treatment from what we call the sort of softer you know, uh, entities like education and, you know, that kind of thing. If you look at the criminal justice system, you know, is, is not designed to, to be friendly to most people. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not excusing the officers at all. I'm just saying that as, as, um, someone said before, you know, a bar of soap with a razor blade hidden in it can be a weapon. I mean, these people see weapons where no one would see weapons and that, that we have to, also, you know, add that in to to our mix. Yes, twenty six yeah, hours needles, is excessive. Needles God, and apples. For sure. Yeah. 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 No, I, th- yeah. I think that's I think that's more than fair. And and one of the un- under discussed topics, Mary Beth, and I sh- I hope you uh, I, I hope that I'm saying the right thing is we we don't know how many people in the uh, uh, prison system have other disabilities. 
I think it's an astonishing uh, percentage. You know, oh, yeah. mental illness. It's more than you would think. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I agree. So, it, I can only speak for my particular job, yeah. but I I had occasion to learn about that because I worked in personnel, and sure. yes, it, it's, uh, it's a fair amount. We are out of time right now. Sorry about that, Beth, but thank you very much for your contribution. You made some good points, as everybody did on the show today. This was a really great discussion, and I want to thank everybody, our panelists, Mike Lance, Rick Troiano, Robert Solis left us. I don't know what happened to him. Thank you. Of course, Attorney McCann, thank you very much for being on the program, and thank you to our participants as well, and to Ray and to Peter for helping out making this a quality program as always. Next (laughs) week, stay tuned. We're going to have the voice of Siri. Yes, the lady behind Siri, will be on our program. In the meantime, go safe with God's abundant blessings. Thank you for being with us today on In Perspective.